Hello, friends, and welcome to the Optimized Advisor Podcast, where we focus on optimizing the well-being and best practices of insurance and financial professionals today. On this show, our objective is to help you optimize your life, optimize your profession, and learn from other optimized advisors. I'm your host, Scott Heinela. We hope you enjoy the show. Today is a joint effort co-hosting with my good friend, Bart Zanbergen, Chief Financial Advisor with the Zanbergen Group and host of the Zanbergen Report. Today is all about springtime flex, fitness, health, wellness, proper nutrients, supplements, getting our bodies in shape for the summertime. We hope you enjoy. And today in studio, I have my boys from Optimized Advisor, Nick Bern- Bernadowitz and Scott Heinela. Gentlemen, to welcome here. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Today we are doing a collaboration between the Optimized Advisor podcast and the Zanbergen Group because there is a subject that is both um, that is important to both of our groups, and that is health. When you don't have that, what else do you got? True that. True that. And as you know, my true wealth tenants, health is the ultimate wealth. I love that. I am trying to embody that in every aspect of my life, and it's a work in progress. Of course it is. All right. Where are we starting? There's so many different directions we could go. So we were pre-gaming, talking about this offline, springtime flex. You know, here we are. The the New Year's resolutions have waned. (laughs) Let's all face the reality of this, right? When is the busiest time in the gym? First January. two weeks That's of January, right. not yeah. even all of January, and then first let's two weeks. Face even a harsher reality, then what happens? <laughs> More waking. Those that are committed, funny thing, they're still finding themselves in the gym. That's right. And then there's the others, right, who may not be finding themselves <laughs> as often in the gym as they are. But were. come April, May, it starts picking up again because summertime, summertime, bikini season. As you say, sun's out, guns out. Yeah. I like to say sun's out, buns out. We come from different sides of the country, apparently. That's right. (laughs) The point is we all get energized when springtime hits and we need to prepare for those summer pool parties and the days at the river and on the lake, right? True that. So how do we do that? So we wanted to talk today a little bit about some protocols, some best practices to help maybe motivate some individuals or just some things that are, that we've gleaned, you've gleaned along the way. Yeah. Um, Some other, maybe not, not fitness protocols, but just some other things to be aware of. And this even goes, you know, hand in hand with your guys' podcast about mindset and goal setting is consistency is key when it comes to fitness. And it has to be entrenched into your daily routine or weekly routine um, to really be successful in any capacity. Um, the the crash diets, the the you know thirty day abs, and all these fitness crazes that people want to do the quick the quick fixes. It they don't they don't set you up for long time long term success. Mm-hmm. And it, it, these, they're really set up to fail. And, and so creating consistent habits is first and foremost the most important step on all of these. 
Yeah, 100%. And I'm glad you brought up the mindset podcast because uh, that was one of my notes for today's conversation and that I feel that is is definitely important. We talked about my vision statement and one whole paragraph on my vision statement is about health and where I you know want myself to be. So I talk as if I'm there and in most cases I am there. Um, but I think that's super important. And from a mindset standpoint too, sometimes just use of words. I'm on a diet. Well, let's not call it a diet. Let's, you're on a healthy eating program. Right. Right. Because a diet sounds like scarcity. It sounds like something that's awful. Right. But if you're on the proper eating program, it's great. And you, all three of us here, we eat a lot of food. Yeah. And, um, yeah, very much so. If I'm on a diet, I'm starving myself of something. Yeah. I'm depriving myself of things. Whereas I am on a healthy regimen right. is a very positive mindset. Right. I'm doing this because it actually empowers me. It gives me all yeah. the, you know, well, everything that goes with that. Where do you start? That's the question that most people always ask is where do you start? And, and where you start is, and, and it goes back to that podcast, as you said, it's setting specific days and times you're going to work out. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect, meaning just because I have scheduled, you know, whatever your perfect schedule is, and we can talk about what that looks like, but whatever your schedule is, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, whatever that is, having that set on the calendar and holding to that is the key to start, right? And okay, you might not be in a gym, but maybe that's the day you go for a walk, a run, a bike ride, right? Outside fitness is just as good as in, in a gym fitness um, for people that aren't doing that. So that's all part of the consistency is being active on a, on a, a weekly, monthly, yearly basis is what really creates the action. I, um, everything you've said, Nick, I completely agree with. And the... You know, the, the, I'm going to use the word discipline, you know, maybe in conjunction with mindset. And part of it is you create this in the schedule. And, and I mean, if you were to open my iPhone, my calendar, I have a time you know, where I get up, where I'm reading um, both motivational, spiritual, and financial things. I have my time for my workout. I have date nights. Everything is in my calendar because if it's not on my calendar, what's the same with the kids save us today? If there's no picture, it didn't happen. Doesn't happen. So if it's not on my calendar, it's most likely not going to happen, um, or and or someone's going to get schedule over it. Although 4:30 in the morning, there's you know not much to schedule <laughs> over right, other right. than maybe sleep. Um, other that, than meet me calling you. That's right. Another <laughs> time zone. <laughs> but I think that's part of it too, Nick. Where do you start? I think you need to find, figure out how many days is, is a good start, and I think. Fitness is like how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. So start with three days a week. See how that feels. You don't, if you kill yourself on the first few days, not literally, but you're so sore you can't move, chances are you're not going to complete the program. Exactly. So start out slowly. I would, you know, talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be a coach. It could be friends that you know that work out. People can give some pretty easy advice. There's things online that you can check. Um, but some combination of movement Having it set in in your schedule when you're going to train or work out, and then take a look at your intake, right? Because it's garbage in, garbage out. So make sure that you're you've got a, 
a program set that's healthy for you, your body, your lifestyle, um, and will help you meet your goals. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing that I always like to, when we talk about how many days a week should you work out, be active more days than you are not active or resting, right? So if you have a seven-day week, you should have four days at a minimum of activity. Now that activity can be a walk, a bike ride, a run, whatever it might be, um, but more days moving than, than not. That, that's a good starting point for most people. Yeah. Um, so the key is to, I think, you, we, I mean, you guys touched on it at the end of the day, it's like set realistic expectations for yourself that you can always build upon but something that you can truly commit to and stick to and 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 have this ingrained in your life and in your schedule because that's the building blocks of i think true fitness over time it's something that you can actually commit to and stick and engage yeah. to so ingrained i mean now we're talking in like what creates a habit or how long does it take and you know there's there's different definitions but three four or five weeks of doing something you can pretty much either make or break a habit so you know, use the, that'd be the same for your working out. And I make a joke sometimes for me, working out in the morning is like brushing my teeth. If I, you know, if I don't, you know, first thing I do when I wake up is brush my teeth. And the next second thing I do is go work out. And if I don't do either, I'm going to be a mess. Right. I would think the, the morning workout and I'm this way and, and in the, the last year it, it's changed slightly for me, but Working out in the morning jump starts the day. It's hard to skip once it's part of the routine because you have nothing else to do. Um, yeah. Whereas afternoon after work, you have obligations. You have dinner to cook. You have things to do usually. So it's a lot easier to skip that afternoon workout. Whereas those mornings for most people, it, it, it's, it's, it's more entrenched into their life when, when you're when you're ready for that step, right? Yeah. Well, I would say there's a significantly less likelihood or uh, that, that you're going, if you're, if you're not disciplined yet and it's not part of your routine in your daily life, there's a much higher likelihood that if you put it off be outside of the first thing you do in the morning, it's going to get pushed to the end of the day. And then what happens? You're tired. Yeah. You've cracked the beer. You've poured the glass of wine and forget it. You're not, you're not doing anything for yeah. yourself physical wise. Yeah. It's just too unpredictable. Right. When my, um, when my son was born 33 years ago, I had, prior to that, I worked out in the afternoon. I, I had a more of a quote unquote eight to five job and that was just my program. Mm -hmm. But the day he was born, uh, I realized I just wanted to be home more and early. So I, that's why I switched to mornings and it's been ever since. Yeah. And I would say also to just kind of disclaim on that a little bit, I mean, certainly now, a lot of people working from home, maybe they get up, they go right to it, catch up on some busy work in the morning, and a great segue or a transition into the afternoon might be for them to get out, do a little run, go for a 40-minute walk, you know, take that break in the day to clear your mind, breathe some fresh air, and then get on with the second ch half of your day. I think that's a little changing as well. Yeah, changing of the times for sure, because mm -hmm. you don't have to punch in in an office in a yeah. suit and tie any longer per se, for most people. So I think managing soreness is a big, big issue out of the gate like you touched on. Yeah. If I go, you know, let's just say unreasonably hard out of the gate and I'm dealing with severe soreness, 
that's probably not a recipe for sustainability. So what are things that people can do or what have you done in the past that can maybe help people mitigate that? Well, what's what are the best things to do for soreness? You want to what, start? I'm just going to make a funny comment. I, I ran down between shows to get something out of the car and I had to go down some steps here in, in the building. I did thousand steps. I had skipped two weeks because I was out of town. So I did thousand steps Sunday mm-hmm. and then worked out legs today. So walking down those stairs between my calves and yeah. my thighs and my shins. Holding the rail. Holding the rail with dear life. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah. Um, I, mine isn't technical. I know Nick can get more technical, but to me, it's just re- repetition, you know, repetitive. So my legs and calves are, I, I did worked out calves that even though they were extremely sore from a uh, thousand steps, but I know that I did a lighter weight. I know I just, for me, my body just have to do it again and do it again um, two or three times and I'm over it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wasn't technical, Nick. But what would you? Very, do? very. Um, <laughs> no, the biggest thing for people, as you said already earlier, Scott, is is people need to start slow. Um, back when I owned the gym, that was one of the hardest things um, was to dial back programming and be very intentional when you have new people joining to on ramp them into the program so that they're not so sore that they never want to come back, mm-hmm. but they're sore enough to know that it's working for them. Because if someone doesn't feel a workout, they don't think it did its job, right? right? So it was a fine line back then. But so- Well, I always always joke about that at the gym, you know, CrossFit's, some people are just so off their rocker in terms of, you know, mental just balance. Mm -hmm. And I used to say, look, make no mistake here. We're exercising, number one. Number two, (laughs) The number the number two goal is for me to be able to show up here tomorrow. Right? That was the thing. Everybody, they threw that one out the window. They really do. They just wanted to score. They wanted to post a score. But that, to my point is, though, that's a real thing. You put people in a competitive environment and sense of, like, range and, and keeping a barometer on where I really should be calibrated for now is not an easy task. And and this is the same, Go, Orange Theory, F45, any of these high All intense training where it's a high volume game, right? And for someone that hasn't been doing exercise at mm. a high volume with loading, they're going to be sore mm. and they're going to overdo it. So yeah. that's where when you start, ease into it first and foremost. Um, next fluid intake, you increase your fluid intake, meaning water electrolytes, um, instantly. And that doesn't mean drink a sugar bomb Gatorade or something like that with electrolytes. There are proper electrolyte drinks you can add or adds to your waters, but instantly, uh, up that intake. So if you're drinking half your body weight in ounces, double it to body weight in ounces, when you're, you're increasing your activity levels with working out. Um, that, that's instant. That should happen the moment you start working out. Um, and then diving into mobility, um, that would be step two. Um, really, after you've had your initial workouts, ensuring that you're doing proper mobility work pre and post exercise to help flush, stretch, stay elastic, um, That'll all help mitigate. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to be sore. Bart's been doing exercise for how long? 
at a very regular, consistent basis. He takes two weeks off and he is so sore going downstairs. That's how our body works. It's amazing. You could put in 30, 40 years of consistent exercise and take a week off and you feel like you've never worked out a day in your life. Yeah, so true. And there's, I'm going to play the other side and I'm just going to get a little transparent here. I'm a little bit addicted to the soreness. If I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm not a little bit sore after a previous workout, I, I, well, I must not have worked hard enough. Right. Right. So I, I, I like the sore. Now there's bad sore and good sore, right? There's crippling sore, which will, you know, could put, if you just start working out that Correct. would be a hindrance, but it's that gray area. But that, but to that point, time will give you the awareness to know how hard to push and right. And you'll, you know it when you're in the workout. Right. So there's, there's a sore shoulder, like we have bad rotator. Correct. Cuff, like, okay, that's sore, but that's not a good sore. That's a sore that, you know, is that's a surgery Pushing down injury. the road. Right. Right. So it's injury, good one. Injury sore versus just muscle sore. Correct. Yeah. And being aware of that takes time to learn yeah. your body and, right. and you know that now. Yeah. The hard way. Yeah. But to that, on the flip side, on the positive side too, you're, you become more mentally prepared for the soreness to where you get to the point where you enjoy yeah. some level of soreness. And, you know, so you, you do the basics, you, you work out, you hydrate more, you stretch more, you stay active more, as Bart said, because consistency will help with that. Blood flow helps flush out the soreness. That is very true and, and needs to be done. But then you can accelerate all of it also and have supplements to help with the process. Now, a lot of people just think, oh, if I just take supplements, it's going to work. No, they work congruently together. Um, Things like fish oil, right? You can add a fish oil pretty quickly into your regiment um, to help with soreness. Um, You can add proteins post-workout with your workout shape to help uh, promote recovery. Um, Those are two things instantly you can add to your diet um, and it'll help with the inflammation. It'll help with the recovery process um, to make the soreness mitigated a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, You touched on one of them, fish oil. That would be something where we'd acknowledge every male should be taking quality fish oils. Not just male, every every person. It's for brain function, for hormone. uh, But but I've heard more important for men than women. Hmm. I have not. We we can do research on that. Literally. We'll bring that up. In the the previous conversation (laughs) we had, she emphatic was emphatic about the fact that it's more critically important for men to be taking fish oil than it is for women, although both should be taking it. Yeah. Um, What do you think of glucosamine chondroitin sulfate? So great, great for joints. It's it's a great. um, Okay. What is glucosamine? It's a supplement. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Danielle could pull up the definition of that. It's along the lines of CoQ10. It's, it's a joint supplement, um, that, that helps, especially as we age. Okay. So what would you say are like a list of supplements or nutrients that every person should be taking that maybe, maybe aren't? Well, fish oil one. Yep. We talked Um, about vitamin D. Vitamin D two, vitamin C. Would you throw in zinc? 
on a, on an ongoing regular basis or zinc is you, conditional? You could, but I wouldn't do it separate of like a multivitamin that you're taking. You'll probably get plenty of zinc within your multivitamin. Okay, that, so multivitamin or multimineral pill, something that's giving me a balanced. Yeah, and, and a lot like your zinc and a lot of your basic vitamins um, will, with a proper diet, you'll you'll you have good macros and good micronutrition within it most of those will be hit and don't need supplements to meet now when you're exercising you need to that's where supplements come on top extra of credit extra stuff. credit stuff yes um but so fish oil we said uh vitamin d vitamin c um magnesium if you're working out heavily um, you're lifting weights. You can add some magnesium in there as well. What about some of these things that I know, uh, you take like branch chain amino acids, glucose, we talked about glucosamine, what are the other things? Yeah. Part? So I was just writing down the things that I get in powder form and I put in my, my pre and post-workout protein shake. So it's, it's whey isolate, mm -hmm. nitric oxide, L-glutamine, branch chain aminos. And then I actually do a high levels of vitamin C. So I do a powdered vitamin C in my shake. Yeah. With, so branch chains are, are fine, right? For people that are lifting weights because the building block of muscle. So within red meat, if you're having enough red meat in your diet, for most people, they don't need to take branch chains. Okay. Unless their goal is to build muscle. Right. right. So that, <laughs> that's where that's of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other one you would throw in with, with branch chains would be creatine, right? right? You're going to say creatine. Creatine would be the other one for building muscle. Um, Is there a supplement for creatine? Cause some people don't respond well to creatine, meaning it mm -hmm. does, it don't feel well. Yeah. yeah I've had that problem. Yeah. There's different um, delivery methods. There are. Okay. There's droplets, there's powdered form. There's okay. yeah, there's many types pills. Okay. Yeah. Most people don't need it. Most people don't need to supplement creatine. Most people don't need to supplement BCAAs unless they have specific goals to build muscle okay. or maintain muscle, right? As we age, those would be the, the main thing, the glutamine, the glucosamine, the CoQ10s, these type things for joints, um, and recovery though. Those are all fine yeah. for pretty much anyone with any fitness goal, as long as they are working out. Where people sometimes think is I could just take these supplements and it's gonna, it'll solve my problems, right? I'm gonna do all this and then I'm gonna be healthy. I'll take fish oil, I'm gonna be healthy, all these things, right? It all needs to be part of diet first. Um, I even printed out, uh, uh, you guys will like this, like a, a it's like a, a chart pyramid, food pyramid, but it's talking about where supplements actually fit in on, <laughs> right? And very, it's at the top. very, very top. Yeah. It's in part already said on the bottom of the pyramid, it's calories, quality of calories, calories in calories out does not just matter, right? 2000 calories of donuts versus 2000 calories of vegetables is a whole different story. And anyone that says opposite they're probably not looking into the right things in terms of diet. We've had that conversation. We've had. I've, I have had that debate with someone reasonably intelligent where it was, 
Scott, it's calorie. It doesn't matter if I am consuming, you know, 500 calories in donuts or 500 calories in broccoli. Yeah. It's the same result. I said, you're out of your mind. So I don't want to, I don't want to put a water on this, this fire, but, um, I worked out with a guy and he did this, um, um, documentary and wrote a book about 15, 17 years ago ish. Uh, it was not super, it was a playoff of supersize me. Oh, right. Okay. Playoff of that. Yeah. But he, and he was an avid, he was my workout partner, an avid workout guy. He for 30 days ate only McDonald's every meal. Everything came from McDonald's for 30 days, kept his same like total get after it workout. He ended up in the same, if not slightly better after 30 days. Hmm. Wow. Get now, out of here. Now, but genetics. It, well, I would, I would attribute that to genetics. Maybe, but he was also, I'm, I'm actually partially not sure what his point was there because he was a, a trainer and he did, he was normally a good eater. Um, but I think the point is that cal, you know, ultimately calories do matter. Mm-hmm. And then he also said, without a doubt, if he would have gone another thirty days, there would have been some yeah. differences. Well, and to his ne- the next line in the pyramid there is macros, right? Mm-hmm. So macros is the breakdown of protein, right? carbohydrates, fats. So if all I'm consuming is foods that are creating massive spikes in my glycemic index, not good for you, of course. Right. So to to the argument of like. And we only have a few minutes left, but to like McDonald's, at least you're getting protein right. mixed with carbs and fat. Like there, there's a macro breakdown there. I Big mean, time. No, not fair, ideal, but. A fair share of sodium. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, wrapping up this whole thing, it's, it's to start, it's consistency of scheduling activity. You know, whatever that activity is, you are moving consistently four times a week at a minimum, right? Okay. Can you quickly give us a quick, if you're the coach, you're, I'm, I'm new to fitness and I'm turning my life, you know, start turning over a new leaf. Give me a quick flow of what my four days look like. So what is my breakdown? I would do Monday, Tuesday, take off Wednesday and then work out probably Friday, Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, Saturday. somewhere along that, depending what your weekend's like with kids, you know, all of that, but never miss a Monday. Always key start the week off. Right. Okay. Right. Get the metabolism going Tuesday, come back so you can be active. My next third workout would be a, a endurance type day. Now that means you could walk the dog for a couple miles, or if you are, you know, ready for runs, longer bike rides, you know, long endurance efforts, uh, before another hard workout of some type of, uh, you know, lifting weights or high into whatever it might be. Yep. Um, so it'd be somewhere along those lines where the first two days would be normal high intensity workouts, some circuit training, lifting weights, um, third day would be endurance day. And then the fourth would be back to, or those other days could be a blend of just pure strength training, dedicating to specific muscle groups, incorporating with cardio. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yep. I would dedicate that third day for recovery. So endurance and, and stretching. Okay. And next last question for you guys. Uh, do you find yourselves, especially you Bart, now that you're, it's just so, it, it's, 
part of your life, ingrained in, in the yeah. th- fabric of your life, do you find that you it's just going through the motions, or are we actually still monitoring, you know, what weights I'm doing and hitting metrics and this kind of thing, or is it just consistency going through and putting in the effort? For time? me, it's it's a little bit of all of the above. I might go through a week or two where I'm just kind of going through the motions, but I'm getting the movement in, I'm getting my cardio in, and you know, doing the weights. Um, primarily, however, it is. I'm just all out and I'm trying to always get bigger, leaner <laughs> right. at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I hit a new milestone in, in dumbbell curls the other day and you know, out of nowhere, you know, I just kind of, so I'm still trying to get after it. Right. Me- measurable, repeatable data is good for people starting out. Having, you know, the goals that they set and then on their workouts, measuring what they're doing, being able to repeat what they're doing at a future date to know and track their progress over a specific period of time to hit a goal is key. Because a lot of times people might start a workout regimen um, and they'll hop on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Oh, that's good. I'll, I'll go over here. I'll do some shoulders. Okay. I'll do some legs maybe some abs. Yeah, that was good enough. Maybe hop on the bike and get out of there. Then the next day, they don't know what to do. We'll do something opposite of that. Well, if you actually put goals and, and actual metrics on what you're doing to be able to follow up and test that down the road, then you can hit those numbers and actually have data to prove that you're fitter. And that's one of the things a lot of people don't do. They don't necessarily write down a workout. They don't necessarily track their progress or their times or their efforts that they're giving. And, and that is a, a, a cheat code for a lot of people to, to start seeing results. I would add one thing on top of that, and it, it's in line with tracking, is tracking your, your intake. Right? And there's some great apps that you can track. And um, if you're at a point where you're going to differentiate a percentage of macros like protein fat you can put it in the system ahead of time and that gives you a guideline of what you can eat because to your same point i can have a couple of these pita chips and then i'm going to have that and next thing you know you've added another five six seven hundred calories and if you're writing it all down you see how scott's face just got kind of small because that's his go-to move (laughs) right there just just a couple of those just especially if i'm more (laughs) active if i'm more active well i'm more hungry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but that's not. I mean, don't give in. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. They don't pay attention to that. They think, oh, I, you know, I worked extra hard today. I'm going to eat an extra meal or add on this extra scoop of this or what have you. <laughs> Probably not the best thing to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Great show, you guys. That was good. So sp- spring, get out there. Consistency is key. Consistency is key. Four days a week. At a minimum. Get your supplements in. Eat properly. Count your calories. Be ready to be sore. That's right. <laughs> Push Embr- through. In, in a very positive way, embrace the suck. Right. right. Embrace the suck. Definitely. Embrace the suck. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to you. All right. Thanks, everyone who has tuned in. We look forward to being back in studio next week. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please subscribe, like, share, leave a comment, or review. Be sure to check us out on social media at Optimized Advisor Podcast. Till next time.